Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 152 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. I learned such a sad thing last night that Eric Carl died. Oh, okay. Um, that's that stinks. I don't know who Eric Carl is. Yes, you do. Who is he? He is the author and illustrator of The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Oh. Brown Bear, Brown Bear, what did you see? I'm almost done with those. I'm like on page <laughs> 12. I mean, the hungry, the Very Hungry Caterpillar has been translated into 66 languages and sold over 60 million copies. Frankly, I'm surprised it's only 60 million copies because I feel like every single library in the world has a, at least one copy of those books. Oh, definitely. Almost every, almost every parent, too. I mean, because the kids, they just loved those books where mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know why, but I actually have video of my nephew when he's like three. We're reading Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? And... We read it like a thousand times, and then they do that cute little kid thing where he reads it to me because they just instantly memorize everything, and they have no idea what reading is. Their eyes are in the wrong spot, but they're... Well, they figured it out halfway, I guess, so that counts. He's a real treasure. That's a loss. He illustrated more than 70 books, most which he wrote, and has more than like 145 million copies of his books have been sold around the world. That is a nice estate that guy is leaving. Boy, oh boy, 125 million copies in print. That is, mm, that is some money right there. Let me tell you. Yeah, but I, and I think he just he just loved it. He just loved it so much. Oh, no doubt, no doubt at all. That's sad times. All right, so there's there's that. But on on good notes, on happy notes, which is also crazy in so many ways. But my stepson this week graduated college. Oof. Right? Yeesh. Welcome to the world, dude. Yeah. It's rough out there. Good, and good luck, guy. <laughs> my stepdaughters are both graduating high school, like <sighs> next week or the week after. What a, what a happy and depressing time this must be for you because you've known those kids for a while, so it's got to be blowing your mind. It's definitely weird. It's definitely weird. I don't really know what else to say besides that. Michelle, let me just like, Michelle, can I come to you with some questions about health insurance and what I should do with my 401k and be like, get out of my house. Yeah, like Ethan was already like, so how do you get internet in your house and you're like oh man there's so many he's asking not how to get fun. like you know like I've, he's never had to call he lived in a dorm so oh, it's like yeah. who do I call what am I getting mm. you know what I mean like there's a million things there's so many so things you have to things. do as an adult that are all terrible that's actually that's a very good point because like yeah I did all that stuff like when I was 18 years ago we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that but yeah you, you really do have to like learn on the fly how to do all that absolutely stuff. there's there's a ton of stuff so it's very wow. interesting and wow. the girls leaving high school is a big one too because high school is such a you know insulated universe oh absolutely that's you, you it's not what you think it is gonna be guys it's not at all I mean honestly I think that we all can accept that the teen years are both the best and the worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> of all time. It's a great mixture. The memory's done a great job of uh, highlighting and um, dismissing stuff and making it seem pretty grand. I mean, you're experiencing so many firsts, which is great. First love for a lot of people, first real friendships, first time driving a car, mm-hmm. which my nephew just started, which is super horrifying. <laughs> and like your whole future truly does sit in front of you. So, like, all of that is amazing. But you are also trying to piece together, like, who you are 
while feeling all of the things all at the same time. You're navigating the horror that is other teens. The worst. Teens are like the worst. The worst. And then there's homework. And when I think about homework or see the kids doing homework, I was just like, no, I don't even know how I got through that. I just want to sit and watch TV after my long day. You now have to write something for physics. <laughs> like, I, oh God. I, and I literally never did homework, man. I never did. I would just get hundreds on the test, and that's how I would oh, pass. Oh, boy, and I was this like, guy. Ugh. Like, I don't this need to humble do your, bragger over here. I don't need to do your work school. I know I know your dang Yeah, words. but you're in school now, so. Well, yeah. but And I'm, you're doing homework. I'm doing the same thing. I mean, I'm basically just doing Thanks. the same thing. I'm still getting like on the dean's list, maybe. I mean, in the same reasons why the teen years are so complicated to live through um, is why they make for such dramatic, compelling television. Oh, absolutely. Which is what's bringing us, you know, Today, because we want to talk about some of the best teen shows that have come out. And before people start telling us why we're wrong or that these Mm -hmm. aren't teen shows or that other shows are better, this is just our preferences. We do have some guidelines for how we're defining a teen show. Um, We're including shows that prominently feature characters between the ages of 13 and 19, Mm -hmm. and they're tackling, quote unquote, Teen issues. Teen issues. So that means, you know, there might be a hint of middle school on the list or a little bit of college, but it doesn't mean adults can't enjoy these shows also. It's just that they're focused on teen issues because I, there's nothing more powerful than a teen emotion. Who are you telling? You're, exactly. You've been, you've been living through it, so you tell me. They feel things very strongly. And I think we can kind of remember that, like, the the that base fear that you felt if you walked into a new classroom with people you didn't know and you didn't know where to sit and in those mm-hmm. moments like you can look back and be like that was nothing but that doesn't matter in the moment it feels like a lot and it really is for them oh it's the worst it's like your whole world is being coming down this one decision absolutely despite how like that's too much to think about you you'll never feel love like the time mm-hmm. the first time your crush kissed you nothing's topping that also there is no despair as strong as when that person then broke your heart because probably two weeks later they were at the mall with someone else but like it's a joke now but then it's not a joke no no at the time that was a big deal man that was like everything that you knew was like i gotta meet new people i'm never gonna meet anybody again no it's so hard i'll do anything to make friends teenagers are nothing if not raw nerves Walking around in outfits that they will inevitably regret. Oh, Jenko jeans and manic panic, dude. That was like that was the story oh, of had, high school. I had manic panic red in my hair. <laughs> I'm sure. Man, you did. I thought I was cool. Everybody, manic panic red. That was like required wear for when I they had, were showing high school. I had my uh, junior year prom date. Was it my junior year? It doesn't matter. He showed up at my house in Jenkos. Oh boy. Like they were black with his white button down. <laughs> that is. Fabulous. Oh, <laughs> they, they were oh, wet all the way up to the knee because oh, he Pete stepped in a puddle on the way over. Why did you do that? Um, 
Yeah, so we want to talk about teen shows. It's really interesting, though, because there's obviously naturally rich material. and There's endless dramatic possibilities. I mean, you could make a TV show just about one school dance and probably have enough to to fill it. But they haven't always been a staple of the television landscape. It kind of took networks a while to to figure out the value um, of teenagers and that, you know, Teens would watch, people would watch. I was trying to look up the first um, thing. So they had, like, family sitcoms, obviously, that we all knew. But the earliest I could see for a teen sitcom was called Meet Corliss Archer. That's a terrible title. I never heard of it. It's a TV adaptation of a popular radio show about a a teenage girl um, Mm. from, like, 1954. (laughs) And then I think the first, like... The big shows that people think of as the origins of teen shows would be in the mid-60s with, like, The Monkees and Gidget. Yeah. So those were really aimed at teens. And then since then, it's really blown up, and it's been a great time for teen shows. So oh, let's I'm, talk about the best ones. Let's do it. This is going to be interesting to see what we were watching and what we still kind of check out every once I in a while. I think so, because actually every show that I'm going to talk about, I would still watch. And I don't yeah. know if because some of it has just so much nostalgia but I think they're just solid shows, especially my lead show. This Uh-oh. is for adults and teens, but it is technically a teen show. And we are talking about 2006's Friday Night Lights. You do love Friday Night Lights, uh, man. I love it so much. And I, I think it's because I'm always baffled that I love this football show. I've never truly understood it. But it's the best. So this is this was on NBC. It's a small, time, uh, small town drama. And it fictionalizes... It's a classic book. I don't. Do you remember the author I of this do, uh, book? I do not remember. I remember the movie. I okay. Remember the movie being really good. They've done a lot with that, and it's just in a really emotional tale of we got teenage dreams, we've got harsh realities. That's everything we need in our teen show. Splashing a little Michael B. Jordan and Jesse Plemons before they were famous, and you got yourself. We're working. I mean, absolutely. So. We'll get to them. It centers on the rural town of Dillon, Texas. They have a winning, they're trying to win the state football championship. This is prized above all else, which is based on reality in these mm-hmm. small Texas towns. We have coach Eric Taylor, who's played that's, by Kyle Chandler. First thing boy. I saw him in, he's hot. You're, you're a Chandlerite, as it were? I would agree to that. I'm okay with that title. And then he is guiding this high school football team, the Panthers, through pressure-filled seasons. He's also dealing with family um, struggles. And, um, you know, you got interaction between team members and current players, former players, other coaching, other parents. You know, you're getting a lot of those issues facing um, – small town Americans, Mm -hmm. but you get that adult stuff because you get, there's nothing, Coach Taylor is nothing without his wife, Tammy. We got Coney Britton. I feel like that was my intro to her too. She's lovely. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people got their start like on the show. Like it wasn't an overly... That, what's his name? Taylor Kitsch? Taylor Kish. Yeah, you remember that guy? (laughs) He's got such potential. I wish that he would find a good project to work on. Yeah, well, you do two bombs in a row. You star in X-Men Origins Wolverine, and you do John Carter. That's pretty much a wrap for your career. Yeah, but you don't know. I mean, they sound like, probably like, wow, this is going to be a great movie. But anyway, and like Jacob said, this show kind of almost has a expansion um, in the season four reset, where they move across town to the 
unfairly blighted East Dillon campus. That's where we meet Michael B. Jordan. Mm -hmm. Um, He becomes like the superstar leading this new football team, the Lions, over there. Um, You still get to see some of the Panther teens. Now they're into young adulthood. I love it. I think it's really like a perfect show. If it isn't the greatest teen TV show ever... I would say it's just one of the greatest shows, period. Ah, that is some high praise you were throwing on Friday Night Lights. Maybe I have to go, like, uh, reevaluate it. I don't really think I watched it at the time. Oh, you really should. I just think it's great. Oh, I like where your head's at, man. I'm going to get myself another drama going. Yeah, I was like, this should be, I hope this is streaming somewhere during quarantine because everybody should have been watching it. It makes things feel much better. Well, like we always say, luckily, if it wasn't streaming... You could just stop by the library because we got that for you guys. We do. 100. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go with one that has very a lot of elements from my own high school uh, experience, and I'll let you decide what those would be. That would be the long-running sitcom on Fox, That 70s Show. Okay. A show that oh, – A show that <laughs> – Man, you want to talk about one that is just endlessly in syndication that you could just plop on any episode and get a base amount of laughter on? That's it's still... true. It's a little, little tricky. Are we going to touch on the well, the Danny Matthews? Well, I was going to say that you know it stars a lot of famous people. Then there was that guy. I wasn't going to actually mention that dude's name because yeah. we don't need to. You bring can just that Google him if you want to know what's going on in his life. Just watch the show for the young love of Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis as who would have thought those two would actually end up They're adorable, too. They're adorable humans. You can't deny it. Doing Doritos and Cheetos commercials. It's pretty (laughs) great. But the show itself is basically just about Eric Foreman and his family in 1970s Wisconsin and him and his group of five other friends um, experiencing what life is like and going through all the usual teen dramas, which... Even though it's set in the 70s, it is still relatable to pretty much every generation Oh, since. absolutely. <laughs> and it's a show that actually ended up being, like, I remember when it came out, I was interested in it, but I was like, this show's probably going to last for like two seconds and be dumb and I'm not going to watch it. And then it just kept on going and it kept Red being really good. helped that. The dad in that show is so wonderful. The mom, too. My my brain exploded when I realized, I didn't think of it at first, that the dad on uh, that 70s show was the bad guy from RoboCop. So it like... Oh, I don't even... <laughs> everything it, to you can somehow connect back to RoboCop. It's weird. It's not my fault that RoboCop <laughs> is such a seminal mo- mo- movie <laughs> oh, in God. history. Um, but yeah, it tackles every harsh topic. There's drug use in there. There's teen pregnancy. There's uh, promiscuousness and the way people view, um, like you know, people's sexual orientation. There's things with immigration on there that are, you it's know, all the things. It's everything you could want. Plus, it's a plus comedy. It's funny. Guys. Yeah, yeah, you don't get that totally in the teen shows. It is a dumb, dumb comedy that you can just put on and have a good old time watching. And I know I did. I still catch reruns every once in a while. If it's on, if it popped on, I would sit down and be like, oh, sure. Yeah, you're like, oh, USA uh, or TBS actually is more likely at like three o'clock. Like, I'll watch this episode. TBS sure. always. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go check out that 70s show, um, everyone. It's uh, uh, going to be a good time. Here's the classic. I want to say this is the king of shows this when it came out it's hard to believe there was a time like i said when tv executives believed that teen dramas didn't work yeah and you know i'd come home and i'd have to watch an after school special like some cautionary tale which ben affleck taking steroids is the famous one to don't me. do angel dust everybody that was something <laughs> i learned or like fake teen fighting crime shows 
like Mod Squad, Twenty One Jump Street, also oh, not for me. Yeah, well, you were you were in a Greco Dep head back then, so you didn't really you didn't <laughs> really a, catch it. But there was the fledgling network Fox, of and they were willing to uh, kind of take a chance on an earnest high school series about a pair of Midwestern teens. You know we're talking about Beverly Hills 90210. <sighs> Thank you, 1990, for introducing me to Brenda and Brandon Walsh. We had Shannon Doherty and Jason Priestley. I feel like they were household God. names for most of my life. I mean, they haven't been on anything since uh, Beverly Hills 90210. I still remember who they are. That's uh, how they big have, of a I deal. mean, Shannon Doherty was on that Charmed show for so long. Well, I guess that's true. They've done some things, but they were so they're transplanted to this just glamorous California zip code. Um, and I, this is like a teenage soap. Like a primetime soap, um, mastermind by Aaron Spelling, which he put his daughter in. Um, I mean, which yeah. you, you can tell. You can make a decision <laughs> about that how you want. And it blended the real high stakes teen travails. You know, we've got first loves, we've got peer pressure, we've got school stress, there's social issues that they've included. Um, they cover alcoholism, date rape, racism, and that beautiful over the top melodrama that we lived for. Do you remember that time that Kelly almost died in a fire because stupid Steve hosted a rave at an abandoned house with crappy wiring? I mean, Steve, Steve. we tried to tell you, we were warning you and you didn't listen and that's what almost <laughs> happened. I saw him once at in at the at LAX airport and this was like a million years after Beverly Hills 90210 and I swear to you, he looked exactly the same. And I mean, he had like stonewashed jeans and he still had his like super highlighted blonde hair. It was really weird. I'll bet you, you know why? Because he probably got like, he signed like an endorsement contract back then. He's like, got lifetime supply, hair dye and stonewashed jeans. <laughs> but Beverly Hills 90210, it ran for 10 years in 293 episodes. So I really feel like this was the show that made TV never doubt the power of teen angst again, that they were like, oh, this can be completely successful. And 100%, if something started just running Beverly Hills 90210, I'm going to sit down and watch it. I mean, there's even they even brought it back. There's a brand new version of it out there if you wanted to go down that rabbit hole again. That I didn't. I want, I want my real Brandon or not. I'm a Brandon girl. I was a Jason I, Priestley over Luke Perry. I don't think that was a popular opinion, but that's I, I who I was, was then. You're like, I want my teens to look... 33 years old. That is how I need them to look <laughs> oh on my, my God, show. Oh, my God. That one girl, the the one with the glasses, she was kind of like their nerdier friend. I can't think of her name, but she was legitimately 33 when they started filming. Yeah, she's got gray hair on the show. <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, she's 16 years old. You're like, that's, that's fine. That checks out. Okay, what do you have? Okay, so you're bringing up two greats of all time. I'm going to bring up two of the greatest philosophers of my uh, young time. Hmm. Beavis and Butt. Yes, no complaints. You want to talk about a show that definitely had like all the kind of encapsulated '90s high school stupidity (laughs) and just like the frivolity of it all. You don't ever get those characters. Like they were, no. kind, they were the wasteoid, not popular dudes, but were totally enjoying themselves in their own way. They're not druggies. They're just dumb. <laughs> and like guys, everything. All that heavy metal. For you know, things have been pretty serious for the past twenty something years on Earth for reasons we won't get into. But like in the nineties, you guys do not even realize how nothing mattered and everything was stupid. <laughs> and like. 
it was just a time where you could just be free to do, make up episodes about guys playing baseball with frogs and it would be the number one show weirdly weirdly it just worked oh, i loved beavis and butthead i mean just go watch any episode of those old ones they still make me laugh there are still jokes that i'll do and <laughs> they still make me laugh to this day and they're the stupidest and joke. you're introduced to so much different music like that was such an interesting thing where mtv was like we're still going to introduce like what we're mm -hmm. about it's going to be very music oriented and then yeah like they used to do the like if, if you didn't know they used to take music videos and they would review them sort of on the show with beavis and butthead and it was a big deal if they did not like your music video or if they would like if they it's would true. make fun of you because they, they would need be to brutal. be like this rocks <laughs> yeah, if you got them dancing around then you know you had yourself a hit song for sure oh yeah they're there's their dance with the i actually watched up. i actually watched the movie recently still holds up still great i also liked the movie i mean guys you would think that this wouldn't be good it's coming back that's a good for call a i time. wouldn't have thought of that and it's definitely like a teen show that's a good one go, go check out beers and butt guys it's fantastic okay here's another excellent one I mean, I'm going to start with that not many shows achieve a perfect season of television in one, like one season. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. And that's yet it's perfect. And that would be 1999's Freaks and Geeks. I was one of the bad people who did not watch that show. You've I, never I, seen I, it? No, I've never seen it. I know it. I know everybody oh that's gosh. in it, but I'm like, I never. You watched would enjoy it. it so much. So this is following again the travails of siblings Lindsay, who's played by Linda. Cardellini. Cardellini still still awesome this day. Doing has another big show and Sam Weir, who's John Francis Daly that you might not think you know but you do if you look him up. And they navigate high school in the 80s. And this show is just a hilarious true to life portrait of just how hard being a teenager can be. So Lindsay, she's kind of like this former mathlete. So she was like nerdy in junior high school and just, you know, always studying. And she finds herself really adrift and falling in with the school's supposed freaks, which is Jason Siegel. Um, he plays Nick. Mm -hmm. We have Seth Rogen mm -hmm. as Ken. Busy Phillips as Kim. And James Franco's Daniel. So hot in that show. I mean, that was his goal. I mean, talk Ever about a dude who's not aging, Franco. I mean, he wanted to be James Dean and it worked. And like, she's trying to figure out who she is by running away from who she was. And her younger brother, Sam, is just like a total nerd. And he has to deal with like just the daily humiliation of that um, with his two friends. So we have Sam Levin and Martin Starr. Again, I think if you look them up, you'll know who they are. That those names sound familiar for some reason. Yeah, you definitely why. did. The one guy ended up on Silicon Valley. Um, and But it ends, we don't know what happened to Lindsay and Sam and the rest of the people in that year because the show ended. But I think it really demonstrates that you don't need multiple seasons to become one of the greatest teen shows of all time. I have a little clip because I just feel like you watch it and you're like, yes, this this is it. Like the struggle of trying to fit into your new life and understand your old one. So I'm going to play that. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Did you just come from church? Uh, how'd things go with your dad? Was he pissed? No, not at all. He was really happy that I stole his car and smashed it. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, the party got moved till tonight. You know what, Daniel? It doesn't make me feel any better, because now I'm grounded, so I can't go to any of your stupid parties ever. Why don't you just sneak out? Why don't you just go to hell? <laughs> oh, God, Lindsay. Oh, shut up, Kim. I'm sick of you guys getting me in trouble all the time. I'm sick of you guys, period. Maybe you're just on your period. <laughs> yeah, 
Daniel. That's exactly it. I'm on my period. You figured it out. It was a joke. Oh, sorry. It's hard to pick up on the subtlety of your wit. What's up your butt, princess? You are, Daniel. I'm tired of you using me. And you're the most selfish people I've ever met in my life. Look, I know you don't care about being smart or going to school or anything else, but just because your lives are such lost causes, don't keep assuming that mine is. What's that all about? I don't know, <laughs> but it was pretty funny. Shut up. That is That's a it. heavy monologue to give a give a teen on a drama man. Let me tell you, it's like she wants to be hanging out with the freaks who are cool to her, but they're ruining her life. You don't want to get grounded. Freak, it's all real stuff. Freaks and Geeks is one of those shows that, like you said, they made it too soon. If that show came out now, like even oh, it'd be with huge, yeah, even with it, even if it was low rated, it wouldn't matter. It's the kind of show that NBC would just have on because they're like, we need Emmy nominations every year, and we need a show with its critically mean, maybe, acclaimed. But you should definitely still check it out and you know be with the cool kids who've watched Freaks and Geeks. I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not one of them. You they're want, not. In this show, we all know Michelle's the cool one, so that's who you want to follow on. Ain't all it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Okay, what else we? <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, uh, you know, I got some old ones too here again. Uh, I was a big fan of uh, Boy Meets World when I was like younger. And the one thing I liked about that show was the fact that it grew with you. It was one of those shows that ran when I was like the same age as the characters on the show. And that thing just kept on going. I think that's true. And that's, are we middle school when that starts? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're right in middle school, like seventh, eighth grade. I also, grade, I loved Boy grade. Meets World. I loved his his older brother, though. He was real cute. Oh, Will Friedel. Oh, man. Uh, you're an Eric Matthews fan. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> you're like, give me that surfer boy haircut it's, and those sweaters. That's the haircut my first boyfriend had, like 100%. Really? <laughs> yes. I actually had that haircut. I mean. Everybody was rocking that bad boy. Um, but we got like the Superior Savage, I think, as opposed to the one from the Wonder Years, because I, I would I would actually would put Boy Meets World ahead of the Wonder Years in terms of. I mean, it was more our time period, yeah. so I think for us, sure. I mean, the greatest name for an actor, they got Ryder Strong in there. I mean, it, I can't believe that that's the stage name. <laughs> my 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 um, best friend has a kid now whose name is Ryder. Not from the show, but people are always being like, "Did you name it from Boy Meets World?" They're like, "No, we didn't." He's like, I, I'm 24 years old. What's Boy Meets World? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but it's such a good show that grew with its themes. And because you grew up with the characters, they were hitting basically the same points in their lives that we were hitting in ours. So it all kind of lined up. So you can go home at 3 o'clock after school and be like, I'm going to go watch what's going on here and try to take some of the pressure off my horrible life that's never going to get any better. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love Boy Meets World. That also reminded me, weirdly, same friend who has the kid writer. Um, when she came, Did she also name her Cap Topanga. Well, when she came to visit me at one point, when I used to live in LA, we went out to oh, the Tumblebrag. To I, I mean, it was a city that I lived in. When she was um, on starring on Friends. All right, so we went to this diner and we're eating, and I was like, "Oh, how funny!" I'm like, "Look at that table over there." I'm like, "It's Topanga." Like, whatever. And my friend like lost her mind like she was looking at Meryl Streep she was like oh my god oh my god it's Topanga like oh my god she's right there and I was like what like this is like a C actor at this point like why are you so excited she's like I'm gonna go like walk to the bathroom and like walk by her and maybe I'll say something and I was like okay but she didn't because she was too nervous her own Topanga it's like you could, you could probably <laughs> go say hi and she would probably say hi she'd be like back. oh hey what's up I'm Topanga <laughs> uh, I mean it was super funny but I was like that is the 
the smallest celebrity sighting that got someone excited. I like how it just made her hyperventilate, man. She was literally freaking out at the table. Topanga is still a lot of people's dream girl, man. To this day, I She's still a cutie patootie. Cutie patootie. I forget what her husband was just involved with some real stupid internet scandal that was like it was one of those funny ones. It oh, wasn't I don't like, like a, that. it wasn't like a sad one. It was one of those ones that just made you laugh. Okay, well, because <laughs> it was like this guy's married to Topanga. What <laughs> this dude from this stupid story? Oh, well, she left the boy in Boy Meets World. He was kind of, oh, then they made up an they, adult show. They it kept going. They got married and all that kind of That's stuff. That's right. Like, I never we, saw any of that. Kept kept going. We could talk about some stuff about the cast members for the college years after the episode. You're gonna like some of the facts. I oh, I can't you. wait to hear it. Um. Okay, I have to at least get two more in. I'm sad that we're running out of time, but these are crucial to who I am as a human being. Okay. Legit. I like it. And I'm talking about the Uh-oh. WB. Oh, the WB, you, the CW overall, guys. Oh, such good stuff. But Michigan, we've got Michigan J. Frog in full effect. James Vanderbeek, Katie Holmes, Joshua Jackson, and Michelle Williams as Dawson, Joey, Pacey, and Jen of Dawson's Creek. Ah. This was my all time favorite. Like, show. Do, 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 do. I don't want to make it. Oh, so good. Oh, my And goodness. they weren't our normal kind of hormonal teens because with the writing, they weirdly, they spoke like adults or poets. Like, yeah. it was kind of weird. They threw out a lot of pop culture references. They had some real sage wisdom um, that was maybe beyond their 16 years on the planet. Um, but then again, I'm always like, well, there wasn't much to do in the creek besides watch movies. So I think that they really got a lot from that. Um, this is Kevin Williams, um, Williamson. Williamson. That's it. Um, and it really, it changed the teen genre game, um, all over again. I mean, we had to deal with clones of that show for years. Well, I feel... CW, that's what they made their their bank on. Completely. This was like the creation of of that hotly debated love triangle. This was the start of it. 100% Team Pacey. I loved Pacey. I love... My boyfriend and I would watch this show all the time together. And like, we are young, but we already had like... If we ever like went to California and saw them, for me, Joshua Jackson, and for him, Katie Holmes, those were going to be like our past person. Oh, okay. Like, that was. I was like, if I ever see him, I'm gonna have mm. to make out with him. I think Can't you got help it. you got the uh, short end of the stick between those two. Um, no way. I still love Joshua Jackson to this day. Kate, super hot. Katie Holmes still super hot, man. Well, they, I mean, it worked out. Plus, the show was a really big deal. This was considered television's first passionate kiss between two men. Big deal. Um, oh, okay. But it is a perfect time capsule for growing up in the '90s. Um, but also a time capsule for a different time in teen television. And it's one that I want to revisit all the time. And you should also. I love Dawson's Creek. I love Dawson's Creek. Oh, my God. Pacey, when he had an affair with his teacher, that was so hot. I was unaware that that was a storyline. That's pretty um, great. It sure was. And was, I was like, Was his teacher anybody famous? That... Was it like a young Amy Adams or something? No, it wasn't. And you're like, now, of course, I mean, that's terrible. But. You're watching it, you're like, well, I, I don't, I mean, I kind of get it. It's always that. Joshua dis- Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he's a mighty duck, man. It's, that goes a long way. I had way. such a good poster of him on my wall. Oh, boy. <laughs> I loved, oh, boy. I loved Pacey. We are not going to get into I that. feel like, truly for me, Pacey is what turned into Jim Halpert. Like, those are like the two boys that I've loved the most on TV. And I feel like they're really similar. They're like funny and self deprecating. But like they treat women really great. I just discovered 
something about myself right now in front of you. Whoa. Yes, you do. I have to go analyze that later. Yeah, we have to, we're going to have to dig into that. If, we're going to go buy some tickets to the um, um, Quiet Place <laughs> 2 and just think about this whole thing. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that because I want to go to that this weekend. Yes, I do. Okay, give us another one, and then I have to get one more in. I know we're, like, out of time. Oh, yeah. Um, Real quick, I'll just throw out a couple, uh, like, on your same note, the Gilmore Girls. That was a show that I actually kind of got sucked into with one the that banter I missed. back and forth. I missed that one. Um, Lauren Graham still making pretty good shows. She's in that new Mighty Duck show that's actually pretty enjoyable oh, on Disney Plus. So go check that one out. I mean, out. everyone from that did pretty well. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty Definitely. much. Even um, Melissa McCarthy's in there. Is she really? Yeah. Oh. I thought you watched it. Well, How do I, I don't, know that? Because, like, I watched it when it was out, dude. That's like oh, 20 okay. years that's ago. Oh, okay. That's true. That's true. Um, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I always recommend that show. I know you love it. Uh, and randomly go check out Neon Genesis Evangelion. So if you want to see teens dealing with teen drama what in a completely... That? Different set. Oh, Evangelion. Don't look it up, man. You you are hmm. gonna be so confused by I this. I never, I never even. It is one of the most. It's the, one of the best and most complicated animes out there, and it's about teens fighting angels that are kind of souls. Of, I don't even got time to get into it, dude. Okay. But go check it out. They're all fantastic. And on, on the heels of Beavis and Butthead, always check out Daria. Yeah. Oh, of course. We love Daria so I mean, much. The, the the companion piece. What it else really is, and it's fantastic. Okay. My last one, perhaps the epitome of teen shows. If you haven't watched this, I don't know how I'm going to relate to you because this, when I watched it, I was like, that's me on TV. Like, I've never related harder to a character as I did to Angela Chase in 1994's My So-Called Life. I, I, yeah, I can kind of guess that. I can see that one coming. I saw a quote attached to this. Speaking of dyed red hair, boy, let me tell you. Um, I had that hair for a while. Don't (laughs) even worry about it. I saw a quote attached to it that was, being a teenager is kind of like childbirth. When it's over, most of us forget how truly painful it really was. Speak, speak. Perfection. Yeah. And this show really brought literary eloquence and prestige drama dignity to the story of 15-year-old Angela Chase. This was Claire Danes in a career-making performance, or it was Michelle Snyder, because I'm pretty sure that that was me on there. And then through much of her angst, it stemmed from things that were, you know, technically trivial, an unwelcome pimple, high school dance drama, mixed messages from Dead-Eyed Dreamboat Jordan Catalano, played by Jared Leto, was Leto on that show? Oh, Are my God. You, I can't wow. even take you seriously as a person. How do you not know that? That is the first... I loved him. So he wore this leather strap around his neck, like this cord. Oh 100% boy. made my boyfriend wear it. Really? You're like, um, you need to put it on. Jordan Catalano is the, the hottest creature that has ever come out of a teen show. Me and my friends will still... If we're talking about someone, we'll be like, but how hot is he? Is he like Jordan Catalano hot? Real thing. Um, But they treated all of these worries with the same gravity as the grown-up problems that you also got that her parents were facing and things like that. They took it really seriously, which is why teens loved it so much because you were like, yes, you're not making a joke um, out of it. It was really dreamy. It had thoughtful pacing and deeply felt performances. My so-called life elevated adolescence into an art form, and I will never understand 
why you people canceled it after one season. That is the cruelest thing that ever that ever was. You got the. I was about to say you got the double hit there. My so-called life, and then uh, Freaks and Geeks, one and done. Both it hurts. Of them. It hurts in, on every level. It's very upsetting. It's because nobody knew Jared Leto was on the show. That's what it was. That He's was the problem. Also, ridiculous. Hot. Look, we're gonna look him up, and you're gonna be like, okay, I get that. That's super hot. Um, okay, we're super out of time. I'm not even gonna play my clips or anything. Jacob, plug us up. So one good thing about all of these shows is that all of them are going to be available at your local library. We have 37 branches all over Erie County, so stop on by and say hi. We are open again, people, so come on in. We, it's uh, The water's fine. As say. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out our website at www.buffalolib.org. See what's going on. If we have any programs coming up, uh, check out your, your records. See if there's any new books coming in you want. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod and let us know what team shows you were checking out or are still checking out we're not gonna judge or why you love all the ones that we picked exactly. because you do okay are we ready for some teenage facts let's do it so they are occur between the years of 13 and 19 okay sure I'll, I'll accept that then it ends so teenagers can't remember future tasks they have poor um, perspective memories which means that they're not very good at holding things in their head to remember to do later so when you nag them it literally, in truth, goes in one ear and out the other. So it's really important to teach them how to use like timetables and planners and stuff because biologically, that stuff does not stick in their brain. They're not just being a jerk. Yeah, my memory was terrible as a teen. I couldn't remember nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still that way. I think I still have uh, a, yeah. a teen brain. Um, okay, so teenagers' sense of smell is less developed than an adult. Who you, yeah, who you definitely know that. You've had a couple of little monsters walking around your house stinking stuff up. Exactly. They, they seriously, they stink. They stink all the time. And yeah, it's because of that. So they maybe like don't smell themselves. So, you know, go, go a little, a little gentler um, on that. And also, teens can grow. They grow so fast, as we all know, that their brains literally can't keep up. So it's not even their fault that they're particularly clumsy and things like that. Seriously, because they grew so quickly, their brains can't calculate the new rules for balancing. Stupid, <laughs> stupid teen brains being <laughs> bad at math. But, you know, it makes up that 42% of teens can text with their eyes closed. So that's a superpower that they've developed. They're so attached to their cell phones. I mean, um, they swipe, so... I know, but they can literally send full texts blindfolded, 42%. So it's kind of amazing. That's an important skill. It's an important skill. If they're in a life or death situation and they can't take their phone out, they'll be fine. Um, Okay, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye.